They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumbo? Voodoo. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. He used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Obscura, a podcast dedicated to the lore, legends, and myths surrounding the creatures that may lurk in your backyard. I'm Hewitt. And I'm Chris. And how you doing, man? Uh, I have a brand new squalling, yawling human. Like, I'm, I'm rocking on one month of this child. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad everything is going good. I have dogs. You do. You have one very big, beautiful boy. Big, beautiful, dumb boy. I, I uh, love I love Artax. <laughs> I, I the problem is with Artax is like he's very stubborn, and I've been trying to like house train him better and try to make him a little bit less cooped up, so to speak. Because since our move, uh, we just bought a house. Uh, he's been kind of cooped up, but he's also very stubborn. So part of me is like, you just you just get back outside. And I was like, okay, I can't do that. But I you cannot eat out of the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I watched uh, when I watched your dogs, uh, or went over and checked on them, Artax trying to jump, and then I caught him, and he's like, "You can do this," and I'm like, "Oh crap!" So then every other time I went over, he's like, "You're gonna carry me," and I'm like, "You weigh ninety pounds." He weighs like a hundred and one now. Like it's one of those of you can jump and I will catch you because I'm solid and stout, but uh, if you keep doing this, I might let you take that ten foot fall to the neighbor's yard. I, <laughs> uh, I can't save you every time. Oh boy! But I, I yeah, just, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of your spill. Uh, you, yeah. You're the one who kind of. Uh, well, we kind of we, we well we both kind of thought about this, but you really took the bull by the horns here. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's like we talk about a lot of paranormal stuff. Uh, we we live in Louisiana, so it's kind of romanticized here, uh, even in the, the boring part. Uh, in North Louisiana, where we live, there's still, there's like so much lore and so much folk uh, tales out there. And every time we go and see, or we go and listen to a podcast, usually it's about the same subjects. Uh, or if it's subjects that we are interested in personally, it almost always is a footnote. Yeah, it, well, like, let, let's be honest. Um, and I'm not, when I say this, I'm not trying to dig at anybody. Everybody's talked about like the Velasca X murder house yeah. or the uh, winchester house or uh everybody's uh, favorite unacknowledged uh member of the uh the primate family bigfoot mm -hmm. uh everybody talks about them and you you hear all of it yeah and it the problem is especially if you listen to more than one podcast uh it kind of blends together you kind of like have i listened to this one no no i listened to somebody else that talked about it but uh you know, uh, on a side note, those boys in Texas guys stop coming after Bigfoot the way they do, or else one of them's gonna have a have mm -hmm. a have a boyfriend slash girlfriend or non-binary partner <laughs> uh, that is a seven foot tall ape person with the way they go out there and yell in the woods. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, it's like 
there are so many interesting tales once you go down the the vein of like different local folklore like for instance just north of us in Texarkana is the Falk monster which is technically a Bigfoot like monster but or it's just like the skunk ape that's sort of a Bigfoot might yeah, not be a yeah. And sometimes, like, Let, let's be honest, like, it could just be an orangutan that got out of the New Orleans Zoo and just is living its best life. Yeah, it's probably that. I mean, but then you get into stuff like the Honey Island monster or just things like that, where it's like you go down these trails of different local legends and things I mean, kind of bend and yeah, or change. you end up with the Grunch, which we'll, we'll grunch. do that one in the future. That's that's gonna yeah. be fun. But for this episode. Uh, we're actually just doing something fairly normal, but we have a lot of opinions on it. And I think it's a subject that has gotten so big that people have kind of forgotten the well, roots it's of it. A little bit, but I mean, also, uh, I guess one of the like, I guess one of the early rules, the, the, the hard and fast rules that we have in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, is that it has to be tangentially connected to Louisiana, which is where we're from. Yeah. Uh, so... I mean, we're we're gonna lot the first several, and I, I don't know how many are on the list right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first several monsters, cryptid sightings, odd happenings, the uh, such and such that is unusual and just plain that's weird. Uh, all are connected to our state because let's be honest, Louisiana is weird on so many levels. We're the only one with parishes. We're we're a largely Catholic state in the middle of a Baptist country. Uh, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're it's we got yeah, that's true. I didn't stop and think about that, but also, I mean, other oddities about us. I mean, our legal system's weird. Yeah. Our our court systems don't talk unlike everybody else's. Also, we still have Napoleonic code. There are a few sections mm. of Napole- Napoleonic code still on, and uh, we're also the only state where you can get reelected after stealing a million dollars from the state and hiding it in your deer freezer. Oh, you know, government corruption is just we're, we we do it with style. Yeah, I we mean, it, it it's, just, it's a part of our culture and tradition to uh, be as slimy and as corrupt as possible. <laughs> Note that one year our governor, uh, Edwin Edwards, said, I don't kiss the babies, I kiss their mamas. So if you want some cringe, there you go. Nah, that's, that's, that was Edwin. That was special. That, he got a TV series and that's... That's crazy. That's sad. Well... But, and if all of if anyone out there listening only knows us from Duck Dynasty and Swamp People, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Swamp People was a little bit further south. It, it was a little bit better than Duck Dynasty. Uh, true. Also, buying the Bayou. There's a lot of people buying houses around. That was weird. I just doxed us. Oh shit. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, we can we we can edit this. I can put anything there. You We're know what from... could be there? Fucking England. You don't know Albuquerque. Yeah, we we live in Albuquerque, Louisiana. <laughs> Insert town name. <laughs> I mean Jersey. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if if it comes down to like anyone trying to come here, it's like, come on, we'll, we'll have cook fun. We'll cook for you. We we live in. Yeah, we're gonna I... have to edit that part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, the first one we're going to take is probably the most well-known. Any, I think there is a yowling human in the background. I don't know if she's getting picked up or not. Oh, it's okay. So, okay. So, the, the first monster, cryptid, mythological creature, whatever we're going to talk about, is probably the most mainstream, even though we just talk trash on that. Yeah. Uh, but it is pretty much, like, 
connected to Louisiana because it's connected to voodoo and hoodoo, and that is and, the uh, the zombie. Yeah, and, and like I said earlier, it, it's something that has gotten so big now that people often. Well, I mean, it's, I, it's I don't the think first, people. It's the first modern monster. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we live in an era of the rake, siren head, and you know, Slenderman popping up on the internet and now becoming some type of tulpa type cultural yeah uh, monstrosity that like. People actually legit believe in these creepypastas. Yeah. I mean, like the Russian sleep experiment and the picture on it's Dr. Nightshade's ghoul from his haunted house that someone put up. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we're, we're two steps away from the Russian sleep experiment because we knew ASI, Dr. Nightshade was a member of that. The, the, the picture that is on creepypasta of the curled up little ghoul is actually something that sits in his haunted house in Houston, Texas. Really is a small world. Yeah, I know, right? So, uh... Yeah, that's the thing. So we're gonna still kind of connect to the because it's a ghoul. Is we're gonna talk about zombies. So first off, I'm I'm gonna hit some history. All right. I'm gonna hit some history, and then we'll kind of discuss how this is kind of spread, because the original zombie Z O M B I Haitian or zombie Creole um, have been around for a very very long time to the point that written history doesn't exactly know. When, but I do know that in 1819, it was the first time it was written in the English language in the history of Brazil by Robert Salvi. So, you could say it's something that is like... The concept's been around very long, but the actual written down name is only about 200 years old. And even then, what was written down 200 years ago is not what we think of today. Now, also something fun is this connects possibly to the... uh, My handwriting's terrible. So, it's either the Nambi or the Vambi from Congo, which is a ghost which is a spirit that can be pulled out of or put into a dead body. Oh, okay. So you can Pokeball this one. So you can Pokeball zombies. Uh, in a way, yeah. Uh, so uh, to, to get into the, the Haitian history here. Uh, first which off, is, uh, ha- uh, yeah. the Haitian history of the zombie. Which, which is has, the prominent. Which is where most of what we would associate with the traditional zombie, uh, where the traditional zombie comes from is through hoodoo and voodoo uh, practices. So, first off, the definition uh, of a Haitian zombie is a dead person that has been revived by a bokor, a sorcerer or a warlock. I will now call them a sorcerer or warlock because I will not repeat that word repeatedly because either I am mispronouncing it or I'm going to get the attention of something I don't want. Yeah, let's go. Which is something anyone that's listening to this podcast later on will note me for I will say a creature's name once and then probably not say it again for the rest of the podcast because mm-hmm. uh, there's the rule of three and I don't like messing with that I'm a skeptic but I've had enough weird crap mm-hmm. happen in my life that I, I don't want to I don't want to antagonize you're like a Louisiana skeptic where it's like I don't really believe in that but I'm not gonna test it <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> I don't mess with the Rougarou I don't believe in the Rougarou but I don't mess with the Rougarou 13 pennies left outside might not be a bad idea, mm. but I don't necessarily believe in it. God, I fucking sound like a QAnon with that bullshit. <laughs> no, I don't think that it's that bad. No, anyway. Unless, so, unless the Rougarou is drinking adrenochrome. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the warlock will take this undead individual that has been revived and use them as a non-will-having slave to complete physical labor. Or other unnecessary, or not unnecessary, but undesirable task for the warlock. Um, there is also another version of this known as the zombie astral, or astral zombie, uh, that is a ghost in a bottle. 
Pokeball concept again. Uh, we got so many Pokeballs yeah, it's, a, it's a weird flex for the Warlock. Like, they trap your soul in a bottle and then they sell you as a good luck charm or as a It's, it's like a reverse phylactery. Yeah, it's kind of that. But however, like, eventually you're going to get out of there anyway because it's not an airtight seal, I guess. But, <laughs> like, it's a temporary thing. Like, you're literally a good luck charm or they drink yeah. the juice that your soul is invested in. Your soul gem has a shelf life, apparently. Your, your soul Mountain Dew could cure their wounds. And then after that, you get to go wherever. Uh, now, also connected to this is uh, something I really want to talk about later with the Loa is Baron Samadhi and Dambala to a lesser degree. Uh, apparently, Baron Samadhi has the uh, the get out of get out of zombie free card. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you don't make him mad in your life and you get turned into a zombie, after so many years, he's going to take you back to uh, Guiana to heaven. Wow. But if you piss Baron Samadhi off, which is really easy to do. He he's a very he, uh, he lets you stay he lets you stay like zombie for unlife because you can't say zombie for life because you're technically already dead. It's just there's like there is no getting out of this. You now work for the company the rest of your life. Oh no! So so you're really making a bargain if you well if you well no no it's that. you don't most part you don't have a choice. The 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 warlock digs up your body, does their necromancy, and now you work for them. But if you were a good person and didn't piss Baron Somebody off, again, not hard to do. Um, yeah, you get the he takes you back again and go to heaven. On, on another note, uh, just to get in, like, just to bleed in some D and D here, Baron Somebody would be a fucking awesome patron. Oh, I've used him as a patron before. Really? Yeah, I might do that. One. Also, the Dresden game that I've uh, I've run offline for so many years, uh, Christina's character is the emissary of the entire court of the Loa, which is why I've done a little bit of research and why the Loa are extremely fun, but also fucking terrifying. Like, like no joke, terrifying. <laughs> anyway, uh, back so, on back on track. Now, also, uh, this is something that uh, you can blame white people for. What's up? Uh, they found out about the practice of zombies and started putting uh, warlocks, uh, the, the shaman, the spiritualists, uh, the, yeah, putting them as the walking bosses with whips. So not only would these slaves be in charge of the other slave, which I guess we're going to need to put a trigger warning at the start of this, but uh, yeah, they would uh, put them in charge because if you misbehave, not only are you risking being whipped, they might turn you into a zombie or pokeball your soul and make you into an astral zombie. Oh, jeez. One of the other things with slavery in Haiti that's really bad is that the French found out about this belief in zombies. So what they would do is they would put the sorcerers slash warlocks, these shaman, these really dark, evil shaman, as they thought of it, or other people looked at it, as the walking bosses with the whips. So that they, not only are you like getting the risk of being whipped by the walking boss for not doing your job, if you do a bad enough job, they might just turn you into a zombie, or, as we've said earlier, poke a ball your soul and put you in a bottle and sell you off as a good luck charm. So... So, so basically, they were like, we're going to have all bases covered. We're going to own you, body and soul. Yeah, the French, like, took this to a... They took slavery to a spiritual level in Haiti. That's why I don't like the French. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's some other things that end up... Uh, that whenever we eventually talk about uh, the Loa a little bit more, there's secretionism between Catholicism and West African religions... 
Like, uh, this is a very big oversimplification, but if you take a Nazi, the spider, you add St. Peter, you put them in a coconut and shake them up, you get Samadhi. Um, that's, uh, it's a, it's, it's the work. It's, it's like, how can you simplify a religion to the base levels and it sound terrible? Like a magical carpenter that comes a lich. I mean, it, you, you boil any religion down, it starts getting crazy. Yeah, that is, uh, that's some wild shit. Now, so, I wanted uh, to go back well, to well, something. Hold on though. Or... You know how you cure a zombie though? You throw salt at them. Really? You assault a zombie and they, they, they're cured. God damn it, do it. Dad jokes. Uh, okay, I was going to go back because we were talking about like the Haitian, the Haitian roots of zombies. And the thing that really reminded me is a movie that was kind of a precursor to the modern zombies is Bela Lugosi's White Zombie. Uh, that's that's a good one. I yeah. I didn't write anything down about that one, but yeah. uh, when we get to the more modern end of things, uh, sorry. Yeah, I and it's one of those things that I wanted to talk about or I wanted to bring up because it's like very much just the the first little bits of like zombie lore that you see kind of permeating into the mainstream, but it's not it's not like. Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is what solidified zombies is what they are now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because like I got a whole section. I'm pretty sure we can go for an hour at least just just on that. just on that because I'm not a huge horror buff, but I do love zombie flicks. And some of my favorite movies are zombie movies. That came out weird. Shaun, <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's good. Uh, I love Dawn of the Dead, obviously, but but, uh, but talking about white zombie though. White zombie. I mean, it's just about a guy that is, uh, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, uh, Bela Lugosi is a well, he's a white dude, right? Yeah, <laughs> he is a white guy, and he um, becomes a zombie. No, he's okay. um, I, I no, no, he <laughs> he is basically a warlock that is getting other people to work, getting the corpses of other people to work for. There is a, uh, I think it's a John Carpenter movie. There is a John Carpenter movie I cannot think of the name of uh-huh. that uh, is definitely in this thing in this sort of uh, ballpark as well. But we'll get into that later because I want you to finish up some of the points you were going down. Well, the so I've mentioned like the the magical religious aspects of a zombie, and I, I don't want to take away from that. But being who I am, the things I look into. Uh, there's the big thing that we've realized in the last several years and uh, researchers have found this out and people who are looking into it. Uh, there's a good chance that zombies, because there are documented cases of zombies, and I don't mean uh, type yeah. stuff. I mean, this dude was supposedly dead and then all of a sudden they found him walking around hmm. and he, he wasn't in his right mind. And what it is is that there's a good chance, uh, and this connects to the fugu fish, uh, the psychoactive drug yeah, that's inside I, of puffer fishes that uh, are basically the weed for dolphins. It's the one that can drive your heart. <clears throat> heart excuse me. It yeah. can drive the heart rate down to basically undetectable. Yeah, for faux death. So what it is is that uh, there's a psychoactive drug that can basically render you brain dead that's made off this powder that's made by uh, warlocks. Because, again, I'm not going to say which... Uh, Okay, I don't want to use the term witch doctor because there's some problematic aspects to that. Yeah. And I don't want to say the actual name of this type of 
uh, magical entity or individual again. So the warlocks can make this powder, and a lot of it does rely on pufferfish poison that can render you to where you seem dead, and then they dig you back up, and then you're more or less just on autopilot. Yeah. So it's basically like a lobotomizing yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those, like, and it's now we'll say this that aspect has uh, has continued on into the modern era with how zombies are mindless. Mm. Uh, so, but so we we know what the Haitian zombie is. It's basically an undead servant. Mm. So, how do we get the movie monster the the one that? plagues everybody like every five years we get a new zombie flick or we get the walking dead or four other flavors of walking dead or yeah. something like that there's a very so, specific like no matter the movie there's a very specific lore when it comes to like, zombies now well there's two there's two other types of zombies there's the 28 days later zombie that are super fast and just feral rabies and then there's like the i am legend intelligent zombie that sporadically pops up that to me is way more scary because it's, you know, smart. Well, uh, well I, mean, well, I mean, mean... There's also the chance that they were vampires, and I'll, I got that somewhere in here, but the thing is, is that most of the time when you hear zombie, you don't think a poor soul that got trapped by some dark magician and necromancy to be their servant. You think of, oh crap, if they bite me, I'm going to turn. Are the walking dead, the walking literal. Dead. And there's a reason for that is because we then move to what's called the ghoul. Now, the ghoul is a pre- Islamic Arabic creature. Um, oh, it's that old. I yeah. Mean, uh, and I honestly, I thought ghouls came out of Europe, yeah, but yeah. no, it's... Uh, well, when I think of ghoul, I think of almost like a Strigoi. Well, I mean, yeah. Strigoi yeah. is vampiric, or it's usually talked it, it's, about... It's very beastly vampiric, though. And that, yeah. would be a, that would be a fun one to talk about when we start, like, categories of vampires. It would yeah. be fun later, but... So, what it is, my most, most definitions of a ghoul... They are an undead graveyard carrion feeder. Now, there's a chance, like, in some of the myths, they're related to jinn. They're a dark spirit that was blocked from entering heaven uh, by Muhammad, the, uh, the prophet, and by Jesus. Apparently, they tag-teamed them. Like, Jesus took out three, Muhammad took out yeah, four. Well, I mean... From the, the top rope with an elbow. Yeah, I mean, uh, Islam and Christianity aren't, like... They're that not as separate as people. No, if you look at the actual tenements and the teachings, they're not that different. I mean, Islam actually treats Jesus as a prophet, just yeah. not as a savior. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's uh, the two of them blocked them from getting back into heaven. So these these type of jinn got stuck here, and to keep their essence going, they had to feed on the dead. But also, there's a few stories that are connected to it that. The djinn are specifically, or sorry, ghouls are specifically female, shape-shifting djinn that lure men to their deaths to feed on them. Oh, similar a siren. To, kind of like a siren or a succubus. So th there's this idea of this, this kind of ghastly creature that feeds on the dead that's, you know, some type of other. And so that's going to get absorbed into the zombie later, especially with Romero. But then we get the European concept of the revenant. Oh, okay. Now, so we're, oh, we're sorry. Going... Hold on. Uh, I, I jumped the the gun here. There's a European concept when they adopted the uh, when they adopted the the ghoul, they became genderless. Really? So ghouls are just these genderless creatures that are kind of related to the slough of uh, Ireland Irish myth, another type of undead fae. Ooh. So 
Uh, and then they started to live underground. They got combined with other boogeymen to where a ghoul just became a flesh-eating monster. Creature. Yeah, like, I mean, a human could technically be a ghoul if they went cannibal. Yeah, well, and that's that's getting into a whole other section of, like, Native American lore, but... Well, that, that, eventually, think, gets, that eventually gets added in. Well, yeah, but, let, let's like, be something fair. like let, that... Let, let, well, let's be fair. In America, like, there's next to this much, and I know people at home, this is an audio format thing. But there's like this much Native American lore that still gets to exist in our country, and that's one of our greatest sins. He, he's holding up about an inch uh, there. The thing is, it's like, I think, so throughout the world, historically, I think there are a lot of myths of, or folklore of creatures that are like flesh eaters, specifically the eaters of corpses. So, like, I mean, you have like the we mentioned the strigoi which isn't technically eats the dead but it's ghoulish in nature in the sense that it torments the family uh, it torments the family of the dead specifically if it's like a like let's say your uncle becomes a strigoi he would like fuck with your family um alabama man alabama yeah he would now he would just be outside your house being like roll tide <laughs> <laughs> okay you gotta clip that one out so we can just have there's just a vampire that yells roll tide roll tide blah <laughs> i want to suck your blood you know so roll tide <laughs> i want that less you to lose <laughs> nick saban is our undead savior <laughs> Some Cajuns like no 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 no. This is why the Cajuns are all vampire hunters. <laughs> Pull out, shall we gonna go get Nick Saban? He undead. He no turned into a strigoi. <laughs> we gotta put a stake to his heart. <laughs> Cal would kill us right now because like he started going Italian. Like it's a me, a Cajun. It's a me. I'm from Slater, Louisiana. <laughs> Shit, we're in trouble. Have oh. you been to Chauvin? Where the fuck were we? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about uh, uh, flesh eaters being a common thing and uh, a common thing throughout the history of just about every culture. So in Europe, we had all of these uh, different things kind of converging into one thing, which it seems like you're building up to the Revenant. Yeah. Uh, so with the Revenant... It's specifically French. Uh, the word revenant comes from the French word for revive. Uh, again, very similar to the Slough in Irish mythology, but much more similar to the Draugr of Norse mythology. A revenant is a revived corpse with all of its intelligence that will not stop coming after you until it accomplishes its mission. So, I mean, if you even look at D&D, &D, a revenant, you can kill a revenant, but they're gonna be back. Yeah, until... you can, quote, kill a revenant, but you cannot kill a revenant it, it will come back until it's done like mm. until like if its job is to kill you it will come back until you're an old person mm. you can burn it or whatever but so all of these are going to end up getting fused together but the thing is is that the word zombie is what the one that stuck because we got wraith we got lich we got you know ghoul, ghoul revenant. revenant we have so many other words for just the numerous types of undead that can come back to haunt you and hurt you. But 
the modern zombie is you take a little bit of ghoul, you take a little bit of revenant, you take a little bit of zomb uh, Haitian zombie, and you maybe sprinkle some Frankenstein on top of there because Frankenstein. It, it's technically. I mean, he's, he's technically. I mean, he's a flesh golem by all definitions, but at the same time, Adam, um, the actual victim, go read the fucking book. Mm. Uh, Frank is, Shelley's Frankenstein. It is a very good book. Mer Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley? I said Frank Shelley, didn't I? <laughs> he said Frank Shelley, yeah. I said Frank Shelley. I'm Frank, gonna... Frank Shelley owns a deli downtown. Wow. Well, I'm just, uh, I'm just full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you take all these and you start to get the idea, but then we get to a very problematic writer uh, of the horror genre that you and I both enjoy stories and movies based off of. H.P., Love HP, Christ, uh, 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 Mr. I'm going to name my cat a racial slur. Yeah, we're not going to mention that one, but Jesus Christ, when I learned that's what he actually named his cat. That Okay, but that man, like, to was incredible. Like, he was so agoraphobic. Like, like, that man was so racist that even people in, like, the 1920s and 30s is like, whoa, you, you need to cut it out. You need to chill, bro. Like, here's the deal. He didn't like people from outside the town he lived in. Yeah, he, he hated, he was like, he oh, went to he went to New York, and hated every minute. Okay, I can't hate him on that because like I legit feel like if I went to New York, there's four places I want to go, maybe six, and then after that I'm gonna hate everything else about because there's just mm -hmm. like four million people in an area the size of our parish. But even still, like I remember, no, like he legit like, like if you weren't okay, H.P. Lovecraft, which I, the award that used to be named after him being renamed, 100 percent legitimate. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't the right kind of white for this man, like, here's the deal. Like, this dude was so agoraphobic, so xenophobic, that he created probably some of the best terror because he was scared of everybody that didn't yeah. look like his little pasty ass. Like, it, it's so weird because people like him usually make really... Like, he, he was kind of a lightning-in-the-bottle situation for racist and, like, xenophobic people. Because most of the time, like, if you read any any sort of bullshit that you see from, like, white nationalists, it's, like, garbage. Like, objective. If him, it's like, okay, he's just gonna No, influence. no, I, think that, I don't think that's... that that Well, I guess objectively is the correct term here. But I think, like, it's just legit anything a white nationalist writes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying from, like, let me let me be clear. I'm talking about from a technical level. Just, like, even if you take the racism out of it, it's still garbage. Yeah. Like, with H.P. With Lovecraft, it's like, I, I'm a terrible person, but I'm going to write a type of cosmic horror that is actually going to last and evolve and become really good. And like, Let, Let's be fair. He set the groundwork for what a lot of people perfected. Yeah. It, actually, that is really good because his stuff isn't exactly like if you well, go back it, and read okay, his let, shit. Let, let, let me break it down. Let me break it down for how every HP Lovecraft story works because I can also do this for Hemingway. Um, it's always in the first person, slowly going insane, finding something I shouldn't find, going more insane, and then oh god, they're coming. Yeah, that 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 uh, is every HP Lovecraft story. All, all the while, it's all over-explained, padded out nonsense. But the concepts were there to make a good now horror story, which other people, less horrible people, have perfected. Right, and I guess we're doing that to try to... Like, Chris and I love the Cthulhu mythos. Yeah. We have used the hell out of it in different games and everything else. But the problem is, is the person who helped create it is exactly. extremely problematic. 
Well, so, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, just yeah, he's, straight up. Yeah, it's. Thank he, you for you know what? Yeah, no kid gloves. Um, yeah, but yeah, here's, fuck him. He's his dead. deal is that. So uh, Herbert West, the Reanimator series, he helped set some of the like the three core things that would become true about most zombies in the modern era. One, they're uncontrollable. Two, they're violent. Three, they don't. Mm. Now, with the exception of the doctor who came back uh, in the reanimator, which I don't think I'm spoiling a fucking 40 year old movie, but Mm. hashtag, I guess, spoiler warnings, spoiler warning, uh, Hashtag hindsight spoiler warning. Uh, you know what? No, I'm not. You know what? No spoiler warning. It's a 40 year old movie. It is not spoiling go, it. Go watch the Reanimator. It is a classic zombie movie. One Ten- of the best. Tentacle intestines. Um, Tentacle intestines. Now, it's, it has also, some weird themes. From him, though, another one that we both like, Tales of the Crypt, the comic book series, and the horror comics of the 1950s then took that Herbert West and started moving forward. So we're starting to lose a little bit of the Haitian backstory, the actuals, the real honest zombie we're starting to lose through the 1950s becoming this more ghoulish undead. Now, this enrolls into The uh, the Last Man on Earth, I Am Legend, where, again, all the cre- they're intelligent in that book, hmm. but they are undead and they have a weakness. Now, again, this kind of leans into vampires, but... I think at, at this point, the when I Am Legend was written, when it comes to that point in time, I think the the sort of distinction between vampire and uh, zombie in popular culture, one, I don't think zombies were really a thing at this point, right? No, it, we're, we're solidifying the concept. Because, I mean, there's also, like, it. God, there, there's another old sci-fi movie, like, it came from Planet Nine or something like that. Planet Nine from Outer Space? That one, that yeah, one. Yeah, the uh, worst movie ever made, quote-unquote. That's bro, what it was. Bro, I've watched Battlefield Earth. That yeah. is that is the worst movie ever made. Well, like, this was, that was the whole marketing gimmick for the longest time, and then 2000 happened, and the sky's the limit on how bad you can make a movie. I mean, we're still making Fast and Furious. Yeah. At me, I mean, at me, Vin Diesel. I mean, the room happened. A birdemic happened, and in some cases, a lot of movies are just made to be bad. Like the thing is, I'm going off on a tangent here. Plan Nine from Outer Space is fun because it has a lot of passion behind it. It's just the director Ed Wood was just genuinely bad at his job. But yeah, moving on. But then we get to what is the magnus opus of zombie films and it's the first one that really sets the pace and people can again you can at me here but probably the best actually i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugar the best zombie movie is the first one that is night of the living dead in 1968 because it started what is at this point over a 50 year tradition Hmm. that almost everybody follows with zombies it also solidified the themes of a zombie movie, which you'll see. Well, I, actually all... haven't, I actually haven't written down. Hmm. So they're reanimated, but we're not going to explain it. We're getting away from the Haitian lore. Hmm. They're mindless eating machines. If you get bitten, you turn. But we still don't know why. The biggest, the scariest thing about a zombie film, the scariest thing about the modern concept of the zombie, the actual first modern monster, and you can actually argue the first media monster that was created in the modern age is that 
The scary thing to them is there is no reason why. Hmm. Like, more recently we've had like, oh, there's a disease, it's a virus, there is a there's a necromancer, and if you kill the necromancer, no, not living dead, a satellite passed over, the dead got out the graves, shit went south, yeah. they're coming to get you, Barbara, and it was all an allegory for racism. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like something like that, going into that thing, uh, if you look throughout the movies, they tried to explain it in different ways. The satellite was in Nine of the Living Dead. Uh, they just basically explained it away. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, they didn't give a fuck anymore. There are some more modern ones that well, try I mean, at to... the same time, man, saying that there's no more room in hell so the dead walk the earth again is just somebody trying to wax poetic about the bullshit that's happening. Yeah. Well, that's what... Uh, what's his name? Ken something. Oh, fuck. I can't remember his name. The guy that uh, said it. Like, his character at that point, they had just landed in the mall and they were just overlooking everything. And he was... That's just kind of his own explanation. A lot of the times you see the explanation be a virus or something. And I think the reason why I, I reject that is because I like the anxiety that is brought up. Well, with the thing the is, if it's a virus or if it's a disease, there's technically a cure. Yeah. Or there's technically ways to combat it. When, when you look at the old Living Dead trilogy, it just happens. And I think that that plays... It's not just like the fear of an apocalypse or something like that. It's the fear of just how fragile and how just how much we're scared of uncertainty sometimes. Well, actually, that, that leads into the last thing I, I have with all this. What's that? So, I mean, like I said, it's the first modern movie monster. It's the, I mean, here's the deal. Again, like I mentioned before, we live in an age to where creepypastas spawn new monsters that kids today believe in. And I'm like, I don't have enough time to read monsters on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I love the SCP shit. But, oh, yeah, it's great. But I can't read all of it. And it's one of those of like, I love the collective storytelling that creates something new and terrifying that plays on what an age group is scared of. Like, if you go back to the our grandparents' generation, the people who fought World War II, mm. their fear was literally the Nazis were doing weird shit. Then you get back mm. to our parents' generation and the communists were doing weird shit. Our generation, our anxiety has created its own monster and we don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, I so, mean, the, the SCP universe is almost like a... I hate to use this term, but MCU of like different creatures that everybody has kind of just like thrown their little. Right. But here's the deal with the zombie. I mean, we have gotten so far away, like in the, however long we've been doing this uh, for this one. Cause I, I ain't looking at clock. The thing is, is that we have gotten so far away from what the actual historic and lore and religion aspect of what a zombie is that we've now gotten this modern concept of a zombie. And let, let's actually, because the thing I was going to end all this, because I've just blurted all this out. And when we talk about some of the other ones, you're going to have most of the information. Mm. Uh, but the scariest thing with zombies is not the zombie. It's that we don't know why the zombie. We don't know how the zombie... Mm. The zombie is a moving other. And it's human nature. Like, mm. it's a deep-down human nature that an other 
an unnatural other, an uncanny valley. Zombies are pretty much the textbook example of uncanny valley. And because they, also... they're human, but they're not. Because yeah. if, if a loved one became a zombie, you're still physically looking at your loved one. But it's it's something else. But it's a, gr- something it's, else it's a grotesque. To use the actual definition of grotesque. Again, it feeds into that sort of anxiety of not knowing. Because humans are very much... I, I guess that's where existential dread comes from. Because it's that anxiety of not knowing. And then a zombie kind of plays into that. Because it's something... Everyone like talks about what's scary or a fast zombie or a slow zombie. I don't think that's the thing that makes them scary. It's the fact that they're this world-ending plague that just comes out of nowhere and no one really has any explanation about it. One of the best books on this is Max Brooks's The Zombie Survival Guide. And uh, I highly recommend if you have audibles to go get the the voice cast version of the book because Mark Hamill is in it. And it is so good. So good. Because Mark Hamill is just the voice of a random soldier. And just the idea of because the thing that's funny is that we've been our age group fighting in World War Z. Uh, just the irreverence of our age group. Uh, and here's the deal. Zombies, like, my dad. My dad's a, the tail end of Boomer. Mm. Like, he's almost early Gen X. He doesn't get zombies. He's like, dead don't get up. You kill the dead, the dead stays down. The dead don't get up. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But the fear is that they do. And, like, that's an age-old human. Why is the vampire scary? They're fucking dead. Mm. some versions of the werewolf are yeah dead so i mean well but it's the thing breaking is, a law that we've come to understand it's about a fundamental truth were. that it's broken yeah but the thing is is that zombies play on anxiety hmm. and millennials especially younger millennials and the first part of gen z these zoomers that is the age group that has a lot of anxiety. a lot of it to be fair we had a lot of it to too. be fair it's been a wild 30 years like since 93 it's been a it's been a wild set of 30 years you know, if you would have told me at 22 i'd be buying a house i would have told you you're full of shit i'm just, yeah. no i'm just saying the shit that has happened just yeah. since the mid 90s onward it's like we can't get six months without a scandal or some bullshit mm-hmm. but and that's not well, the, i was talking that, about economic stuff well, right I, now, I, yeah. and that's not what we're going into here but the thing is it's like it's been a wild 30 years. So you have people that are getting close to 40 that have crippling anxiety. And what does the zombie, zombie play on? It's just anxiety. And the thing is, it's really great if you watch any zombie movie or read a zombie, a zombie book. They're the background. And that's what makes it even scarier because mm-hmm. really what you're focusing on is they're survivors and they're going to kill each other and there's a betrayal mm-hmm. and there's, it's, human, it's a human nature. But the thing is, is that zombies are so omnipresent that they have to work. Everyone's worried about but, how they're going to work. In the that. thing is, is that they're just there. Like, they are the landscape. You can't go in the woods without finding... Like, here's that We live in an area that, like, our parish... Our parish has about maybe 100,000 people in it. Which is not small, but if you go up to <laughs> parish, they have 45,000 people and it's a bigger parish. Hmm. So, like, law of averages says you're not going to go in the woods and find zombies. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, is with a zombie movie or with a zombie story or with a zombie concept, they're always there. They're somewhere. And it means that no matter what, you always have to be on your guard. 
and that's and the thing is is that that's never the main focus that is just a understood like after the first like five minutes of any zombie thing zombies are here we have to deal with them and so now i have this constant pressure on me that's worse than me just going to work on monday and it kind of plays back into like old human folklorist tales because if you think about it a lot of creatures back in the day were just you don't do this or else that will get you like you don't go out into the ninety percent of fairy tales are don't go in the woods something's going to eat you don't talk to yeah. strangers they're going to yeah. eat you and there's always like an there's an omnipresence to a lot of folklore. Well, I mean and, to be fair, the, what's honest is you could, and I'm not I'm not saying we do this now because that'd be a whole other kill mm-hmm. of beans, is that you could argue zombies are very close in the same fear category as fae. They kind of are because they're always there. And they're a problem unless you know how to deal with them. And the thing is, the, the other thing, I guess, like, let's let's switch to a positive aspect here. Mm-hmm. With anything with zombies, there's always the, uh, the perseverance. Perse- the perseverance of the human spirit. And that, that we can uh, overcome anything. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, undead in the woods, our age group would be more than 100. Like, a lot of us would die. A lot of us would die. But the ones that survive, it's like, all right, it's Tuesday now. And they just swing the baseball bat. Okay, it's well. It, it gotta go get Land coffee. Kind of, uh, Zombieland kind of did a good job, like millennializing. We are millennials here. Uh, I'm I'm very much in the elder millennial category. Sometimes I'm classified as Gen X. Yeah, you're in. I'm the old man. I know this. Yeah, well, you're like very late Gen X very early millennial i am Oregon, in the Oregon trail my dude i'm the Oregon trail generation. i'm just like i, was I cannot born... i can definitely not bring more back than 200 pounds <laughs> yeah well i like i was born before 1990 that's technically elder millennial territory which is fine i'm i'm up there but like the millennializing of uh of like zombies has I would say like Shaun of the Dead slash uh, a Zombie Land, where it's this silly like there's definitely like serious notes in those movies, but they're played for it, it, they're comedy movies at the end of the day, and it's like how would how would modern people a- actually react to all that? It's like well, shit sucks. At least we're having fun. And but th- shit sucks. But I gotta find bread. Yeah, I are you know yeah, you know what? Oh my God, it's just it's all an allegory for ca- capitalism. Gotta get that bread, yo. <laughs> well, it, here's another thing. It's like uh, with Shaun of the Dead, they're trying to get to the Winchester Inn and Tavern. So basically, it's not an inn, is it? It's, it's, a, it's a tavern. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a bar. I, I play we'll too get much there and it'll all, Actually, hold on, hold on. I got the sign over there for it. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get there and just wait for this all to blow over. Yeah. So it, it's basically them trying to alleviate anxiety, and, and, and a By very going to the bar. They're just like, we're just going to go to the bar, just hope for the best, which is something I could see a lot of millennials doing. It's like, okay, no, dude. The she... first if the zombie apocalypse hits. The first thing we're doing is we're raiding the liquor store because that's liquid money. Anyway, so back on our big thing. This is. The reason we, again, we hit this is because zombies are tangentially related to Louisiana through hoodoo and voodoo. Hmm. Uh, we're the state that, like, here's the thing that's funny. You never see a zombie movie starting in Louisiana, mostly because I'm pretty sure Cajuns would just be out there and just survive. It's like, why doesn't Godzilla or Cthulhu come down here? Put on some rice. I'm going to get it. 
It just how many tags? Like the, I, no, I, I'm not, like I'm not I'm not doing an accent with this, but like legit, I've talked to Knox about this, and if Cthulhu was to rise out of the Gulf of Mexico, somebody's gonna go, "How many tags do I need?" and put on the rice. And I'm like Cthulhu Voodoo. Like someone would try to do, it. and and another thing. That's why with, I don't, uh, like the, the first thing Cajuns did when all of a sudden we started talking about murder hornets, that forgotten plot from 2020, was can you fry them? And, but like if you think about like South Louisiana, as much as it's dis- disappearing, like how many fucking zombies are really going to survive down there? To be fair, I don't want to deal with a zombie gator. Well, okay, but. Like, historically, zombies are, were only human. There was never, like, zombie animals. Like, let's let's go with, like, traditional... Like, I don't know. Resident or, Evil had them dogs, dude. Well, that's that's a virus, like... Technically, they're not zombies. We're, we're talking about Romero zombies. Yeah, they're not going to do well in the swamp because they're going to rot. Yeah, and, and I think Cajuns just be like, yeah, whatever, okay. The amount of Louisiana trying to kill our own francophones off, yeah. they'd be fine. Uh, but, so, I mean, the thing, again, we, we picked this one because this was, this is easy, y'all. This was, no lie, this was an easy one. Chris and I could go on for another hour. Yeah. At least, if not, make this into a whole, let's do a 24-hour fundraiser Mm. and and talk about zombies, but. And if we can salvage enough of this and people like it, we'll probably do that. So, uh, anyway, so that's our first monster, Chris. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So, uh. Do you want me, or do you want to do all the socials for all the stuff? Well, uh, I didn't have anything planned in my head, but yeah, you can find us on uh, Twitch at Team Bonus Action. Uh, we are also on, what is it, Twitter, X, whatever they're called. Uh, I refuse to call it by its new name. Um, but uh, we are Team Bonus Action on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Threads, and Instagram. We are at underscore bonus team on Twitter. And you can also find us uh, for a while on teambonusaction.com. And I'm not 100% sure when this will actually hit your podcatchers, but if it is before November 4th, or sorry, November 3rd, uh, we will be doing a series of live play uh, RPGs to help raise money for the Batson's Children's Hospital in Mississippi through the uh, Children's Miracle Network. It's something we do every year because no parent should have to worry about paying bills or their children's uh, hospital bills. So uh, to help people alleviate the hellscape that is our healthcare system, if you could please donate, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. You can go find us at Team Bonus Action on te- uh, on uh, Extra Life or you can uh, donate using, uh, if you go to Twitch, you'll find a link on there that allows you to click and donate. Uh, and I think yep. that I think that that's, uh, this is successful for the first one, right? Yeah, I mean, good warm-up, good start. Uh, yeah. yeah. GG. 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 G